When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there guys and welcome back to a very special edition of The Last Word on Spurs where we're going to review the summer transfer window. Goodbye. Only joking, only joking. Looking forward to tonight's show as always and joining me, three esteemed guests of The Last Word on Spurs. First up as always, I've got Jason McGovern with me. Jace, how are you? Very well, thanks mate. Lovely. I know you're devastated, Jace, by the closing of the transfer window. Are you over it yet? Oh, I'm rubbing my hands at the thought of January the 1st already, mate. I Can't wait. I bet you are. Joining Jason tonight, delighted to have, as I said, two regulars back on the show. First up, we've got the brilliant John Manning's back. John, how are you? I'm all good, mate. It's been a long summer, but I'm glad to be back with you. What a show you've picked, John, to make your return. <laughs> Excited? Yeah, mate. No, I am. I am. Listen... It's the day before the pre- return of the Premier League. If that's not good, you know, enough to get the juices flowing, then I don't know what is. You know, we've got, you know, it all starts again, doesn't it? It's, it's all good. I'm all right, mate. Yeah, but no doubt about it. It's still going to be a serious show tonight, I promise you guys. Joining John tonight as well. Back on the show, as I've mentioned already, another regular. We've got Ian Gunn returning. Ian, how are you? I'm very well. I'm just um, trying to think, you know, what have I missed? Um, you know, I've, it's been a while. Um yeah, we'll have to catch up as we go along because um, it's, uh, you know, I've tried to avoid Spurs Twitter over the summer. <laughs> it was true, Pete Tony, and you haven't missed much, have you? Uh, obviously not, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never been away, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to go first to John tonight. John, still paying for me to say this a couple of days on now. Spurs have officially become the first Premier League club to make no signings during a summer transfer window since its format was introduced back in 2003. First reaction, John, to that? Uh, I, I still don't really know how to feel about it because I'm not worried in as much as... I, I, I feel the squad is strong enough. I don't think that signing... If we'd have signed Jack Grealish, I don't see that he makes any... Well, much difference at all, at least, at least not in the short term. So I'm I'm still happy with the squad as long as uh, Pochettino came out yesterday and he said he said what he said and he looked quite happy about it. He looked quite relaxed about it. He looked like he was enjoying giving the kids a go during the summer, you know, which is a stark contrast to the noises that Mourinho was making, for example. And I think that he, I, I I think Pochettino is all right with what's gone on, and so and then so, therefore so am I. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, we could get two three months into the season and it could look like a a terrible decision not to add to the squad if we get you know a pile up of injuries and the form doesn't go too great. But I don't I don't think that'll happen. I think we'll be fine, and I, I think it will be one of them where we we look back and we go, perhaps it was the right decision at the time. All that worries me going, I don't think we can do this again <laughs> because one thing that does worry me slightly about the squad is everyone keeps saying how much of a young squad it is. Well, it's not really not now. I think we've got. Uh, three players, I think, turned 32 during the coming season in Dembele, Lloris and Vertonghen. And say, you know, you don't want to be replacing three players like that all in one window. So I think it would have been a good opportunity to 
get someone in with a view to the future to, to for at least one of those players in this window. Because we don't, you know, we I don't feel we need wholesale changes, but I don't think I don't think we want to get to the point where that's absolutely necessary either. So time will tell, but I personally, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I trust the manager, and I'm uh, looking forward to the season beginning. Okay, Ian, I'm gonna come round to you. John seems to think there that Pochettino is okay with how that window has ended. I just want to bring you back, Ian, to the comments that Pochettino made during that Leicester post-match press conference, where listen, we can't forget them. His words were at the time, we cannot think we are the cleverest people in the world winning trophies, spending small money. You need to be brave in this situation. You need to be brave and take risks. It is the moment the club needs to take risks. John seems to insinuate there he thinks Pochettino is happy with the transfer window. Do you believe Pochettino truly is, Ian? Well, okay. Say I go on a public domain and I slag off my company at work that I that I work for. That's going to prove to be extremely career delimiting for me. So once you've gone past the, the point of no return, he has to make the best of a bad job. And I genuinely believe that if 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 we look at the if we look at what the, the, the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust, the, the statement that they made um, at the end of the, the window, he said, he said, and a squad that most national observers would agree could benefit from more depth. It is not unreasonable to question if it was really the case that along some of Europe's elite top clubs, Spurs could find no player who would improve their squad while our rivals strengthen theirs. Now, I quite I think that you know I was gonna once you've invited me back on this this show, um, I was struggling to put that into words how I was feeling after the, the the transfer window closed, but I think that what they've said that the trust have said encapsulates it perfectly, and I and I genuinely genuinely believe that you know he is you know deep down I think he's probably not happy with what he's got because you know the the the, the side that finished twenty three points behind. Man City last year has not done anything, and and I just think that, you know, let, let's hope that I'm not going to be, you know, you know, I'm going to see my side win the win the league at some stage like my dad did. But my dad's eighty, and <laughs> time's running out. Yeah, I mean, time is running out. You make the point there, Ian, just about how Spurs twenty three points behind Man City failed to strengthen, whereas Man City twenty three points ahead of us even strengthened further. And, I mean, that's and, another point to consider as well. And, and also, can I just come up with the, the you know, the, the youth thing? You know, as, as, as the trust go on to say, you know, four of our most promising prospects left the club this summer. You know, so, you know, it, you know, and, and of the ones that, you know, when we were away, when we were in America, what is it, Amos and Skip? Mm. Really sort of like showed any sort of, any promise? I, I just, I just think that, well, let, let, let's hope that I can come back from Newcastle tomorrow with with, with a little bit more, a, a little bit more positivity because, you know, in in paying you know forty fifty percent extra on my season ticket this this season, you know, and and being made to feel like a customer, I think that that, that those people that that have done the same and, and are going to be paying lots of money this season, were sort of entitled to a slightly stronger squad. 
and that's what I'm going to leave it at that because um, I'm sure Jason's got something to say on that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's bring you in, Jace. Everyone knows you've been very vocal throughout this transfer window and you've been of the case that you say, listen, what will be will be. We can't change anything. Now the window has closed. And listen, we only have to answer this question to you once, Jace, tonight. I know you don't want to keep going on about transfers, but it is the last time we're going to discuss them for at least a couple of months, I promise. Where's your head at? What's your thoughts with the window now closing? Well, I look at it, I'll give you two two answers. Me personally, going into the window, I thought we needed probably, I've said all along, central midfield. I actually would have signed around about five players because I think wow. there's, wow. I, I would have I would have looked to do around about five players. One in midfield, I would have looked to do two fullback positions. I would have looked to do Kane's backup. I was astonished Michelle Vaughan was uh, re-signed, things like that. But from a club point of view, when I look at it, I find it, and I mean, there's two things to it. The Jack Grealish situation, it would appear from Aston Villa that Grealish was told 25 million was his price tag early in the window. And we end up bidding... 25 million for him and not getting the player so if we were prepared to pay the 25 million then why didn't we pay the 25 million in june and get him in early and get him on that tour of the states why did we leave that so late for the penultimate day to apparently make a bid because he's in you know and, and we've we've run out of time to do that deal so i look at that and i think that was perhaps daniel trying to be a little bit too cute and a, and a, and a kind of the berahino situation revisited so i'd hold levy probably responsible for for the Grealish situation but there's there's also a part of me that that thinks pochettino can't quite escape some of the flack because it appears despite what people say and despite what you and me saying about cover chitches and we need elite players and things it would appear that we've actually only had two players in mind all summer which is martial and and jack Grealish. So why does Pochettino himself perhaps think only two players in the world of football could have improved our squad? So that, I think, is a fair question to ask. And and I'd love to ask Pochettino that. You know, how many names were on that list? Because, you know, I know you tweet out every link and we get 747 a day. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Cheers, seriously, Jace. mate. Cheers, seriously, no, but seriously, mate, we, we appear to have only really been interested in two players. So... I find that strange that there was only two. And then the other part of the, the transfer window that I, I don't understand is Pochettino's comments yesterday that he was he admitted he was open to players leaving. He was open to helping them find a solution to leave. And the fact that nobody has left, well, if he was open to players leaving, then he obviously still has players in that squad that he has that he, that he doesn't want there. And that's not a good situation to be in. So... You know, I, I think Pochettino's got a, a lot of the, the window is down to Levy, but I, I certainly don't think he should be taking all the blame. I think there has to be questions asked, as I say, and as where this the, the Pochettino project is going. Jase, you mentioned about players out. I'm going to list you some at the moment that are still here that I'm surprised are. We've got the likes of Janssen, Onomar, Nkudu, Carter Vickers, Alderweireld, Rose, Dembele, Sissoko, Lorente. I'm naming about seven or eight players there. We are still in the position where Tottenham could lose these players due to the overseas window still being open. Can we afford to lose these, Jace, with you know not being able to now improve the squad and potentially weakening it? Well, 
I think you can afford to lose them if they're players that he's got no intentions of playing. Because you're not really... I mean, if if he had, if you could sit him down and say to him now, we've got six injuries, we're playing Huddersfield Town at home, do you intend to play George, Kevin and Kudu? And he says no. Then if we sell him, how are we weakening? You know, if he's not going to use him, he's not going to use him. So um, I, I think the the... the the, the overseas part of the window has made an impact because if you, if you look at it, none of the other top six have really sold many players, have they? You know, Emre Chan, I think, went on a freebie. Man United have hardly moved anyone out. City have, I think they only let Yaya go on a freebie. So, who have Chelsea, Chelsea have let Courtois go and that's about it, isn't it? So, it just shows you that I think those, the foreign clubs are looking at the English clubs, particularly the bigger ones, and thinking... There is no point bidding for any player until that English window shuts because, you know, we just don't need to. And I think the Premier League ought to look at that and think that's the part of the window that they, they thought it'd be brilliant to get the window shut for the English Premier League so we all kick off with our squads. But they seem to have totally forgotten the disadvantage it leaves some of those clubs in from, from Europe. Mm. I've got to say, Jess, this is the most honest I've heard you in just terms of how you've analysed the window. Because, you know, I think people out there have this perception that you are a happy clapper. And I've known you, obviously, I do the radio show, you know, every week. And I know more than anyone, you're not like that. You've been very honest in this assessment as well, saying, you know, Spurs could have acted a lot more better during this transfer window. And I think it's refreshing that people are going to get the opportunity to hear that. I mean, I also get asked the question as well, you know, why am I so defensive about the club? And again, I think I've been as honest as I can all summer. My only agenda is supporting Tottenham Hotspur. On reflection of this window, I think I've been consistent to say that Tottenham, for me, in order to push the squad forward, they would need two to three quality, quality players. I mean, as I've said, I am frustrated and I'm astounded they haven't gone to strengthen. And my biggest concern, John, coming over to you, is that when I feel Spurs are on the brink and are so, so, so close to something so special, especially with this group of players, with this manager in charge, for whatever particular reason, John, we just fail to want to build or push on under this current board. Is that fair for me to think like that, John? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, your opinion, you're, you're entitled to your opinion as much as the next man is. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying how you feel if that's how you feel. I just think that... Do you feel it, John? Uh, I, I know I'm putting it's... you in a difficult situation on that one because I know you probably wasn't expecting me to ask you how you feel against <laughs> my same opinion there. But do you not feel that at the critical moments at this club where there's been the opportunity to just add those one or two that are going to really push us into, you know, challenging for the league, challenging for the Cups, we don't seem to want to do it, John? Uh, look, I, can, I understand that frustration. I do agree with that because you, the, no right-minded fan would say, no, I don't want us to sign players. That's, and that's not what I've said. I didn't say I didn't want us to sign players, no, of course but not. I can understand why we haven't. I mean, there's there's two things for me. I think the first is the the, the the main massive major shock to me over the summer was the fact that we have not yet sold naming rights for the stadium. That really took me by surprise. Because if we had it done, then we could be talking about a very, very different transfer window. If there's an immediate and substantial injection of cash that comes in over the summer, whereby I think it was, was it HSBC came the closest, I believe, to securing the naming rights and it was for 300 million or something like that then then that can make a difference this summer is, is such an anomaly because of the stadium i don't want to keep banging on about the stadium because i know that that <laughs> piss people off I'm, I'm i haven't spoken to ian for for a few weeks i don't want to upset him 
but <laughs> the stadium is is the it's the one thing this this summer is not going to happen again for possibly a hundred years maybe whereby you've got an extra consideration of the fact that there's a stadium which is costing close to a billion pounds or whatever it is on top of the training ground and the lodge at the training ground for the players whereby you, the, I can see the club are trying to make it a, a, a much more attractive proposition for potential new signings to play for Tottenham Hotspur. You can't, you can't deny that. But all I would say on, on the, what you said about, you know, where, where we were linked with Martial and Grealish and they look like the two most likely. The one thing that I, I can't escape is after reading um, Guillaume Balaguer's book with, with Mauricio Pochettino, A Brave New World, there was a chapter in there about recruitment and there's a particular paragraph where Poch says I was able to explain to him meaning Daniel Levy in detail how the more defined your playing style is the more difficult transfers become because either a player gives you something specific that you're lacking or you're better off not signing anyone now if that is if, if Mauricio Pochettino is that um, committed to, to that statement and he truly truly believes that we would have been better off sticking instead of twisting then again, I'm all right with that. And I understand what Ian said about coming out and saying, you know, you've got a tow the company line to a certain extent and you can't come out and say, well, of course, I'm not happy that we didn't sign any players. I would also say that, in you know, there's there's been times where he he has been, you know, he's, we know we all know he's been a bit stubborn in terms of tactics, team selection, stuff like that over the years. But he seems so relaxed talking about it that I do actually believe what he said. And that maybe I don't know, maybe just because I love him, I think he's a great manager, and I'm. <laughs> oh, we all I, love I him, John. I desperately want him to listen. We all love I him. I desperately want him to, to stay. Of course. And and for this to become his dynasty, but if he'd have come out looking all stressed and like he'd been dragged for edge backwards, like Mourinho did, and complaining about, you know, when he said during the summer that Alexis Sanchez has had to play with all these players who were not good as good as him and all the rest of it, that's when you, that's when you're going right. This manager's time at this club is coming to an end. But Potter won't ever do that, John. He's got too much class. No, I know he won't. No, I know he won't do it. Mm. But he, he's in the strongest position he's ever going to be because he signed a five-year contract a month ago or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so all right, he can get a fine. Okay, but he's but this, this new contract is worth one hundred and sixty thousand pounds a week, and they're not going to sack him and have to, and have to pay him out because it's a that's a shit ton of money. <laughs> That you know, you know, if if you look at it like that, Newcastle will still got to pay Alan Pardew for two more years. He signed an eight-year contract in 2012. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, Daniel Levy won't let that happen at Tottenham. Tino's not daft enough to put himself in that position. Right. Fair enough. But I, I, I listen. As I said earlier, if we we get off to a good start, this is all forgotten. You've got no players coming to bed in you've you've got instant understanding and cohesion if you want to look at it from that point of view we've got we just we need the players that already know what they're doing to come in and continue to show that they already know what they're doing and we'll be good as gold that's why i say pochettino's role over the summer has to be looked at and considered as well <laughs> you know he has the daniel levy has the perfect manager in pochettino if he comes to him and and says i don't want you to go and spend a whole load of money then, then that's that's music to daniel levy's ears particularly when he's building that stadium yeah, yeah you know course. should pochettino be pushing him and if he's not pushing him then whose fault is that so if pochettino had wanted four players he should have pushed for them and if he's if he's going to sit back and just say oh well we didn't get jack greenish for 25 million then, then clearly he's, you know, he's not, he's not demanding enough. 
and therefore he is happy with the situation. That's why I say I, I, I'm concerned at how Pochettino is seeing the situation from that point of view, just as much as, as everyone. And he can kind of hide behind Levy, can't he? Because it's the, 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 whole, the whole narrative has been Daniel Levy's too tight to, to buy anyone. And, the, and the, maybe that suits Pochettino to have that as the, as the story because there's not so much scrutiny on his role. That's, but yeah. for me, mm. if yeah. the manager said, said to start yeah. this window, only Martial and Grealish would improve. And I'm concerned that that's his view. Yeah, but he's also working within parameters, parameters Sorry, in, t- in terms of how much money we can spend on transfer fees and wages. If you think that Pochettino's just signed a deal which is, over the course of the deal, is worth £41 million, Poch, what are you going to do? You've got this bloke who's just given you that much money, or promised you that much money, and gone, actually, that money would have been better off spent on players. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, I'll take your 41 million over five years. It's just, I, listen, I've, you've got, I think it's one of them where, like I said, this summer is such an anomaly in terms of the stadium bill, the amount of money which would potentially be available. In, in twelve in twelve months' time, if this if this was twelve months' time, we've been at the new stadium already for one season, and you've got the increased revenue streams from you know obviously a much bigger stadium and all the rest of it, and we didn't sign anyone, then fine. But in twelve months' time, I fully expect us to be going for, you know, the the analogy that Jason used uh, it was a couple of years ago, I think, where you, where you go right. So the top tier clubs have got the first pick on transfers. Do you remember, Jace? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Then in twelve months' time. 24 months time we, as, as long as we are one of those teams that's picked that's having first dibs then then I'm all right with it this this transfer window will is it's just one of them like I said it's an anomaly because of everything else that's going on at the club if the, the if the TV money the pot because that's not been announced yet I know it's going to be a lot of money but you still don't want to be going and spending money that's not in the bank yet maybe that was the problem maybe Daniel Levy is banking on the TV money going in and the, and the sponsorship for the stadium and then it's all different. I just hope, to end all of this now, and I know the trust have called for it, and I hope Daniel Levy reads it and sees it and does come out and say, this is what happened, this is why we signed no one. As long as that happens we've got and everyone's got an answer, I think we can all move on then. So you made a good point there, John, because I'm going to bring it around to Ian in a second, Ian, I promise, but would you not think if the club can't spend the money due to the build of the new stadium... Wouldn't you just wish they would just come out and say so? At least then, John, they'd be managing supporters' expectations to someone, wouldn't they? But the only problem with that, Rick, is that's dangerous because then you, because then you're advertising to the world that you've got no money. Well, just... and then potential buyers for your or potential suitors for your own players are going to be coming in and going, look, I know your skin is this much for this player. Maybe maybe it does that. But all I would say is I am much happier that the, the signings we've made over the summer in terms of new contracts. They are much more important, I believe, at this particular time in the club's history to have tied down the manager for another five years, Harry Kane for another six years, Davinson Sanchez for another six years, Lamella for four more years. Uh, I think there's a couple of mi- I've missed as Sonny. well there. Sonny, of course, but yeah. Sonny, of course. Sonny, yeah. Five-year deal for Sonny. This, that is so much more important, in my opinion. We have we have had this um, reputation over the years, over since probably since... When? Since Chris Waddle went to Marseille or since Paul Gascoigne went to Lazio, where you have that one jewel in the crown and you know they're not going to be there for very long and they're going to get picked off. We're now into the point where Hugo Lloris has been there six seasons, I think. Ericsson's five or six seasons. You've got these players, top, top players, and they're not moving on because we expect, because we didn't sign a trophy, uh, didn't, didn't 
win a trophy, sorry, last year, there was, you know, I'll be honest, my, my bummer was pouting a little bit <laughs> about the likes of Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen, but they haven't gone anywhere. And I, yet, I, I, I honestly yet. don't think they will now. Yeah, but yet, yeah, you say yeah, yet, yeah. don't we? Because how much longer can these players keep buying into a philosophy if there's nothing at the end of it? That's my biggest <laughs> concern. Yeah, but no, yeah, of course. But what I'm saying is they've stayed mm. and we've, we've spent no money, right? On new signings, they've stayed with with rewarding these players who have got us into the position. This group of players we currently have are the ones who have made it possible for the chairman to charge so many season tickets because our team is so good. If we'd have finished fifteenth last season, he's not charging two grand for a season ticket because he can't. The, the fact is, he needs he needs to reward the players that have got the club to this point, and that's and that's what he's done. You don't want to bring in someone to upset the apple cart. You don't want to bring in a player. To, to take the place, or right, maybe obviously Jack, Jack Grealish wouldn't have taken anyone's place. I don't believe. But you've got to take into consideration you've got these players that have done so well for this club. We've overachieved so massively, and then you go right. Cheers for that, lads. But um, I'm replacing you. I, I can. I know football's cutthroat. I get that. But you've got. There's got to be an element of that to it. There's a human element where this group of players obviously love playing with each other so much. They've they've stayed as a group. And that should be celebrated, in my opinion. Especially Kane. That's a massive, massive signing. To smash the to smash the wage barrier is massive. Massive for me. You've got the blokes on 280 grand a week, I believe it is now. And 12 months ago, we're talking about this wage structure, which won't be broken. Well, it's been smashed now. We've set a precedent going forward. Like I say, from 12 months from now, once we've got this extra revenue, it's got to make a. Di- that's when it's got to make a difference. Like I say. One or two years' time, if, we, if if this happens again, then then my tune will, will change for sure. OK. Ian, I'm conscious I want to give you some time now because we haven't had the chance to have much time with you generally over the summer. I want to give you the platform. And I want to ask you, Ian, because I ask this question because I'm not anti-Levy or anti-Spurs or anti-Ball. Just that, for me, I'm concerned about the club. And it's the point where, if you reflect back, Ian, to comments made in the past by Andre Villas-Boas, who is in charge at Tottenham, he said the size of the club, the fan base and its infrastructure makes you dream that you can go higher, but the philosophy at the top prevents you from doing so. How true do you think, or an element to that truth? Is there a statement there, Ian? Um, I sometimes get the impression that, that Mr Villas boas is, is perhaps a little bit miffed the way his tenure at Tottenham came to an end. Uh, but there, I think that you know, if you think about Tottenham as it is, for me, you know, we, we, you know, winning titles is a bit like climbing Everest. And as as a fan base, as a fan base, we've 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 been up there close to Camp Four, and for 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 want of a of a couple of more extra canisters of oxygen, we might have made the the summit. But you know, I I just feel that we're in a situation where. You know, and, and I take what John's saying about the the, the the finances. I seem to recall that Tottenham Hotspur F- Football Club had nineteen hundred quid of my money back at the end of May, was it June? And that's roughly when wasn't it? Wasn't that roughly when at, the, at your opening statement, Rick, when Pochettino made that statement? Being and brave I, and, and I do taking risks. Yeah, being brave and taking risks. I can't see any being brave or taking risks. If the only risk you have is by keeping with the same group of players. And I accept I accept what John said about 
you know, yes, we, we've tied down a lot of players to, 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 to long-term deals. We haven't strengthened a rival. You know, that, that that's a positive. Um, I, I just think that please, 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 let's not get to the stage where in two, three, four, five years' time, we, we, we are bemoaning the fact that in 2008, 16, 17 and 18, we were so close. And, and I think that the, that the club has to think about its position in world football. If you've if you've in, if you've created a sixty-two plus thousand seat stadium, then then you aspire to be one of the big boys. Now, one of the big boys do go out. You know whether we like it or not. Chelsea, what was it, seventy-one million on a, on a striker that that would get you flipping maximum points for a, a goalkeeper that would get you maximum points and scrabble you know come on we, you know we we have to accept that we are a big club but does our man does our board think that and i accept they're saying well people will say that we'll just look at the just look at the stadium that's an infrastructure project mm. you know and and and, and much as it 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 will hopefully be our, our home for another hundred years. Great, but I want us. We're so close. We are so close. That's the frustration, though, isn't, isn't it? Because I don't want to cut is. you short there because it I is. think that's the biggest thing. It's not because we're sitting here and we're languishing mid-table and we see no hope. I think there's so much frustration because yet again we are here with probably, definitely in my lifetime, the best manager. Definitely again in yes. my lifetime, best group of players. And everybody can see it. The media can see yes. it. Everybody's seeing this squad saying it's got everything there. But yet we just don't want to push it on. And, and yeah, and for, for me, there was, you know, like, like Jason said, you know, if there was only two names on, on Pochettino's wish list, then I think we've got a problem. And I, you know, it, it, I thought if it was the fact that there was quite a lot of names on Pochettino's wish list, and Levy hadn't acted on it, which would have been even more of a bigger problem. But I don't know. I don't. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just a fan who, who, who sits in sits in the ground and probably spouts load of bullshit. But that that's the way I feel at the minute. Let me bring it around to you, Jace. Is there any possibility? With this same squad, we could do a Leicester and Maraxi win the league. Uh, well, we don't have a ball hoofer. <laughs> we don't have two centre halves that want to knock shit out of people at the corners and, and things like that. So probably not. No, no. I'd, <coughs> I'll be honest. I, I don't see us being higher than than third. If if we weren't good enough last year, I don't see why it will be this year. But but you know, as I say, this this whole notion of of pop, I, I I think in the four years he's been there, when we did two years with the other lot, when we did a season with Last Word on Spurs, I've I've don't think I've ever criticised no. Pochettino, even in the Juve no. game last year, even in the Manchester City for one game, one or two other games, I've said, look, you know, it is what it is type of thing. So and, and don't get me wrong, I I want Pochettino to be there at the end of the year, and I and I absolutely love the manager. But I'm starting to be a little bit concerned with the Pochettino 
project and, and maybe it, it's it's not all down to the ball that's not doing the put as I say you know he, he said in that Leicester thing sometimes I have crazy ideas I mean braver risks it's certainly brave and certainly risky to sign to sign nobody that's for sure and then when he came out yesterday and I thought yeah he probably is going to toe the party line but the, the the long the long answer he gave about you know there's no drama in this and drama is real life and this is only football and things like that, you, you, you start to convince, you know what, he, he does seem to be quite happy with it. And and that's my concern, that that he wants to do it the romantic way. And, and you know, people talk about doing it the right way. Let's do it the, the way where you don't go and spend millions on a transfer window. And, and we've said that before. It's, it's, it's the part of the part of the Pochettino thing that we've loved. But maybe... He genuinely believes you can do it that way, and you do start to wonder after four years. You know what? I don't think you're going to win the big things that way. You you might win the odd cup, but at some stage you're going to have to be a little bit more ruthless and a little bit demanding of people yourself. And um, that's my only concern. That's that's my concern that it's not all down to one person. And for me to think that the two transfer targets or window, I'm not impressed with that. But you know, we've, we've said it in the past, haven't we? If an, a really elite player came up with an ego, would Pochettino well, want him? I was just about to answer you that, James. Would he want him? Well, and, and, you honestly, know, what do you I think mean, you, on that? What do you think on that? I mean, talking about elite... I mean, just talking about elite players, you know, it's, Anthony Martial would have improved their squad and he's a, a very good player, but I wouldn't even call him an elite player yet. He got left out of the French squad for a World Cup, for God's sake. You know, he struggled to get game time last year. So I wouldn't put him at the... Elite level. What is what for me is elite is Luka Modric and Tony Cruz and, and Rakitic and you know Paul Pogba's are at the, the elite level of the game. I wouldn't say Anthony Martial's anywhere near that level yet. So you know even even if we'd have got him, I'd still think, come on, I want to see that real real elite player come to the club. And it, and it would appear that we're just not interested in signing them. And, and maybe that's not all down to one person. Mm. John, let me bring it back round to you. Let's discuss a couple of other teams here. Two teams, Arsenal and Chelsea. They both have new managers, new philosophies to adapt to, whereas our team does remain the same. With players, you could look at the likes of Mora, who looks like he's going to have so much more to contribute this season after you know what's been a great pre-season for him. Are you of the thinking, John, that you know there's still every possibility that there won't be a real battle for the top four and Spurs will still be comfortably within that pack and could make... Push City for a title. Is that possible to think that way, John? Well, I still think we're, um, we've got a, a very, very good chance of finishing in the top two or three. Uh, that, my view on that hasn't changed. I think when you, when you take into consideration that, you know, like, as you just said, you've got two, two new managers there for, for Arsenal and Chelsea. You've got Liverpool, half a team that's got to try and settle in. You've got um, Man United. I'm not, you know... It, their manager doesn't seem too pleased with their business so far and they've not set the world alight so far <clears throat> tonight against Leicester. And he, he seems to have sucked the life out of everything going on there. And I just I still 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 feel as optimistic about everything to do with Tottenham. And you were born in the same kind of era as me where you grew up and Tottenham was shit. And the yeah. argument that you get thrown back at you is we're not in the nineties anymore. But no, you can't course. help uh, forget listen, what that feeling was like <clears throat> back then when we was mid table and being in the top ten of a weekend felt like a result. Well, it's, and now that's it. it's all different, isn't it? Now it is so much more expectation because the younger generation, who let's be honest, are more on social media these days, 
that maybe yeah. changes other people's perceptions. Is that another thing to maybe bear in mind? Do we also have to remember where we've come from? Because maybe I, at some points, get carried away because I'm frustrated. I just want to see the team really push on. And as I said, I don't keep repeating it. I do feel at times where there's been the opportunity to do that, we just don't seem to under this current board. <clears throat> Again, there's two ways of looking at that because it's this, it's this current board that have all this kind of um, frustration at not not pushing. I tell you, I don't know. I don't feel like we're not pushing on. It, I f it's like when you've got this this kind of predicament, if you like, that we're in, which this summer has caused, where we're talking about the worst we're talking about is potentially not winning the league. I can live with that. I can I can live with. It's, it's like it does come back to what you just said. It does because this current board, this current team, this manager, they they're the ones who have got us into the Champions League three years on the bounce. They're the ones who have coped with Wembley. They're the ones that have managed to smash, like you know, that you've got the, the the wages league and all that kind of stuff. They've managed to perform miracles, if you like, and I don't want to take that for granted. But I just think that you, you, no one's given enough credit to the players and and everything to do with the club at the minute. Because, like I said, if if we're worried about, do you if if you're asking me a question, do you think we might struggle to get into the top four? Then we must be half decent if you're even asking me that question. Now, what what frustrates me is the fact that some people, like I don't I don't know, you just you just listen to some people sometimes and you think. What more? Do you, what, what what do you want? Should we want more, like, unless, John? Because we have got into the yeah. top four now for the last three seasons. We have, you know, it's three seasons on the bout Champions League football. Should we not feel like we want more now? Should we not be wanting to change for the yeah, league? No. Yeah, of course. Listen, like I said to you earlier on, if, if if your opinion lends itself in that way, then then I don't have a problem with that. All I'm saying is, I can see it. I, I can. I, I think like I can see the bigger picture, and I'm I'm all right. <laughs> I'm, I think that there's some people that I've spoken to over the summer that just can't do that. And I'm all right with, with what the bigger picture looks like. I would much rather one, uh, sorry, three years in the Champions League than win than win a League Cup or an, or even an FA Cup. I would because it, it because it that that's what unfortunately modern football is, right? And you again, you go back to the nineties. We weren't in Europe from ninety two to ninety nine. So to be in it. For the amount of times that we've been on the bounce now in Europe, is fantastic, and to be in, at, the, at the top table in the Champions League for for three years is massive, massive progress. And this group that we've got deserve credit for getting us there. And I just feel like you you got people having a go at the at the men who have got us there. It's like just just sit back, have a look at, at let's pretend that there wasn't a transfer window for a moment. <laughs> Look at look at. No, I love we I'm could do that, John. I, I wish we could do that. Fucking stupid. I know it does. <laughs> you know I love you for I, that. By the way, I know it's Friday night, but I've not had a beer yet. By the way, this is <laughs> this is all sober. So we've we've come through the summer of 2018. We're about to move into this unbelievably beautiful looking new stadium, which we're all excited to to experience for the first time. We've got all right. The training ground and the, the players' lodge at the training ground doesn't have much bearing on our it doesn't have any bearing on us really unless one of us signs for Tottenham as a player if they get that desperate I'm available Potch but you've got all the, we've got so so much to look forward to and I feel that this transfer window has overshadowed all of it so I'm thinking I can't wait to get into that new stadium that's all I'm thinking about this season for me is about getting into that new stadium it's about 
about getting over White Hart Lane, which took me a long time. <laughs> it took me a long time to accept that I'd never go into that place again because I loved it so much. Yeah, it was shit, but it was our shithole. And this <clears throat> this stadium now gives me so much optimism for the future because this is the first steps. As much as you say we're so close, and we are, <clears throat> we're still we're still babies in terms of trying to create a massive worldwide football club that will, will be you know seen over the world in, in the same way as Manchester United and Real Madrid. That's what we're aiming at. And <clears throat> winning a League Cup or an FA Cup doesn't really add to that as as much as I know that's going to annoy people. <clears throat> a part of me is a bit annoyed in myself for saying it because of course I'd love a day out of Wembley and winning the Cup. But the bigger picture is the bigger picture. John, can I ask you, this bigger picture, am I going to be alive to see Spurs win the league or not? Of course you are. Of course you are. Listen, I know we've I know we've always been one of the, you know, turning into Liverpool. This year will be our year and all that. But from this point onwards, going into the new stadium, I would be massively surprised within five years if we haven't got a few pots in the cabinet. I would. Because what, what ends up happening is you, you are able to do what we wanted to do in the transfer window this summer. You're able to go out and go... <clears throat> is X amount for this player that's gonna that he's good enough to walk straight into the team. He's not gonna be a squad player. We're not at that point yet. We need to be in the stadium for a year or two before we can do that. And I, I believe it's gonna happen. Because everything that whether you like Daniel Levy or not, everything he said he's gonna do, he's done as far as I can as far as I can see. They did say that well, the stadium infrastructure would not affect the club spending in the transfer window. They did say that. Just to confirm, didn't they? I'm not going crazy by that by saying that. I'm sure they did say that as part of when the stadium rebuild, well, the stadium build was going on, that it would not affect the funds that were going to be there for the transfer window. There were two separate pots. I think, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, listen, I, I I accept that completely. And then you go, I feel like I'm just coming out of excuses. I'm not. I'm trying to think of genuine reasons because I don't know the answer. They they could come out with, you know, there's, there's got to be some kind of knock-on effect economically from Brexit maybe if you consider the amount of money that top players are moving between clubs for in Europe compared to Premier League players uh, I think that maybe that makes a difference and like I said if that passage that I read from Pochettino's book earlier if that is truly how he feels then it doesn't matter if we've got 150 million to spend or, or no money to spend if he truly believes that if there's no player out there who will fit into what he wants to do and, and therefore we don't sign anyone, then it, as long as the managers are all right with that, I am as well. The only thing I would say, the, the, the Brexit thing, I'm, I was embarrassed when he when he came out and said that because 19 other clubs... Well, that's the, the thing, Premier isn't it, Jase? Yeah. ...have also got Brexit to contend with. Spot on. Yeah, they all managed to... I mean, Liverpool have got Brexit to contend with and can go and spend... <laughs> yeah, but those, those 19 clubs haven't got a stadium to... That, that's that's no, what I'm no, saying, no, Jay. No, that's no, the anomaly no, this, this, no, this time. It's the only no, summer he'll ever get away with it, mate. No, that that's fine, John, with the stadium. And had he said about the stadium and left it at that, then I'd have been okay with it. But Brexit, I just thought, Poch, come on, you know, please, just. There's <laughs> the one time I wish they'd have gagged him because I thought, no, you're just gonna. You can see the headlines, can't you? You can see absolutely everybody just everybody away from something ridiculing him that Spurs haven't signed anyone because of Brexit. You know, that, that, that's all, mate. The only reason I want to jump back in very quickly, John, it's very hard those comments to take only because the club are, you know, now charging the highest season ticket prices in the league 
and we've only won one trophy in 19 years. I get your point that, you know, we are progressing as a team. I don't discount that whatsoever. But to charge that kind of money, surely there should be continued success year upon year in terms of trophies. Am I not right in thinking that, John? Again, it's, it, uh, not necessarily, <laughs> because it, that doesn't give us a divine right to anything. I understand the comparisons with the season ticket prices to other clubs, but everyone has got a choice whether they want to buy one or not. I chose not to, for example. Ian chose that he would do it. Now, that's that's up to the individual. It's it's not the club can offer you something. You don't have to take it. And ultimately, all they would say, the club would say, supply and demand. We've sold forty thousand season tickets or whatever. So there's demand for it, regardless of the price. I chose not to for reasons, for many reasons, really, but mostly because I've got a young family and I didn't want to commit to travelling to and fro North London you know, 20 times a season. I, I I like to go pick my games and go when I want to go. But I think all we've proved so far tonight, especially with Jason's comments about gagging Pochettino, is that Poch is not as kinky as Jay. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get a laugh in. Listen, can I just say, a lot of us know us on this show. We do try and make the best of a bad situation. But I think the show tonight has been very honest. And listen, we are all down-to-earth guys, I'd like to think. We do like a laugh, and I hope the show doesn't come across as negative. We just want to try and say things as they are. And John, I think you've been true to yourself all tonight. You haven't moved from your situation. And, you know, no matter what your views in Tottenham, I always love you for being you. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely adore the way Pleasure you think of Tottenham yeah, and the yeah, way yeah. you are. I wouldn't want to change you for the world. And that's what football is about. It is all about opinions. I just want to bring him back in just so he can reflect on your comments there about, you know, Brexit, what you say, and about the club and the, the season ticket prices. Because, Ian, you are one of those people, and you're regular on our pod, that has put your hand in your pocket. You're paying to go to that new stadium. How does that make you feel, Ian, when you hear the comments about Brexit and you hear the comments about the transfer window itself I'm assuming they don't sit too comfortably with you after you put that money down beginning of June was it yeah I wish I'd have um, chatted with John earlier <laughs> could have got you some one to one therapy no, but, but but seriously you know it's like uh, I don't know you know maybe, maybe football people should stick the football and, and, and let politicians fuck up <laughs> Brexit like they're currently doing but you know I, I don't know i I just think to yourself, it, it, it's, it's a smoke screen. It's a smoke screen for me. Now, as I said, I'm, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning, heading off to Newcastle, yet another season, you know, and, and you think, you know, great, you know, here we go again on, on that merry-go-round, you know, that, that, that we all love. Um, I just think that sometimes... And we had it once with Sherwood, you know, just shut the fuck up and get on with sorting out your football team. And that, that, that's, that, you know, that, that's for me is, is, is the thing, you know, and Brexit is just a fucking smokescreen, you know, like, and as Jason said, there's 19 other clubs in that bloody situation. And as I think he was going to say, you know, Liverpool have got their own Brexit because, because they want to come out of England, apparently. So <laughs> let, let them, let them do it. Do you know what I mean? But, but jokes apart, you know, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll have a successful season. I just, I just, you know, the grass, the grass is, is, is often not greener on the other side, you know, but I look at some of the business that some of the other clubs have done. Um, and I, and I just think that they have strengthened and it's like this, it's like the, it's like the trust have said, you know, others, other 
teams around us have strengthened. Mm. And 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 if, and if Potts thinks that he can get a tune, a, a decent tune out of the existing lot, and 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 claw back that twenty three points, then good on him. Okay. Well, listen. Let's do a quick round of questions, guys. Can I just say? I cannot thank you enough for all your questions for this show. I'm sorry, obviously, we're not going to get through them all. We've had about 40 questions come in. But we will select a few. And I promise you, like I say, during the season, we are going to keep running the question banner so you guys can get involved. And we're going to try and read out as many questions as we can. Obviously, this show's been a little bit different because of the fact there's been so much to say on Spurs' transfer window with very little business done, believe it or not that you know we are going to get all the questions in but let's throw a few rounds anyway before we do look quickly ahead to Newcastle which will probably be today for most of you if you're listening to the show on this Saturday because we're going to St James's Park a massive massive game for the first game of the season but like I said before we come on to that let's throw around some questions let me start with you John let's try and keep the answers crisp because we are running slow or running out of time John, Colin Cooper says, how many players do you see stepping up this season? The likes of Lucas, Onomar, Edwards, Foyth, etc. I think Lucas will be like a new signing, in all honesty. I think he <clears throat> he came in and he didn't he didn't hit the ground running. I don't think he played more than six or seven times for PSG last season before we signed him. He's going to be massively important with Son missing for, for chunks of this season. Again, with, with the other guys you just mentioned there, it all depends on injuries. I can't see him playing much if everyone else is fit. Maybe fourth again for the cup games. I'm not sure what's happening with Marcus Edwards. He seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth. So time will tell. But for me, yeah, more more to make a big impact. And Onomara playing in a midfield too. If he ever gets a chance to do that, that's where he's best. And hopefully he'll uh, he'll, he'll get some minutes and prove to be worthy of of, of staying at Tottenham long term. There you go. Let me bring in the next question round to you, Jason. I hope you're going to forgive me for this one because I promise you it's the last time I'm going to ask you about this man. I only won't even say his name for you, I promise you. Do you think Potch will use the number four in a back three now or freeze him out? Sorry, mate, I lost the signal. <laughs> he said he he gave his um, remarks in the press conference, I think Alistair Gold, when he, he shows you absolutely every word said. He mentioned in there about professionalism, having respect for teammates and things like that. Uh, he, he also said, talked about that in the States. We know that one person said during the summer that he didn't feel that his reasons for being left out of the side were justified. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see just how much the, 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 the pair of them can sort it out. I mean, it's definitely a situation you have to sort out for sure. But it was interesting to see that he said, I'm open to those players leaving and we'll try and find a solution in six months. So, I still get the feeling that he certainly won't be his first choice defender, that's for sure, and that it will still be a, a backup role. OK, interesting. Ian, next question coming around to you. Life of Ty says, we played 4-3-3 throughout the majority of pre-season. Can you see Pochettino using this full-time during the league, or was it just used because of the players he had available to him at the time? Good question. What do you make of that one, Ian? I think, I think we'll see it in the league. You know, but that but that may well be based on 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 it on the, the available you know on the available um, roster because you know there, there, there's what is it six six players that are currently injured so yeah, that's right yeah you know so there's a good chance that we I, th- I think that we might see it more often let's just hope that um, you know it's one of those things that he brings in you know to, to for, for when we need it. 
Fingers crossed. Right, let's go back round to you, John. Question here from Andrew Richardson at A underscore Richardson 93, who says, do you think Pochettino has become a fan of recruiting in January for those players brought in to be ready for the following season? Example, Lucas Moura. Well, that's a great question. I, I certainly hope so. I think that that could be, that could be where we do more. Bi- obviously, obviously, we've signed one player in January. We've done more business than we have in the summer. But yeah, I can see that becoming a thing. I think if you consider that most clubs, especially the bigger clubs, don't like to do business in January. Maybe Pochettino thinks he can exploit that and there'll be less competition for players who are available um, and maybe it'll be easier to sign. I'm not too sure, but again, like I say, we'll, we'll see. I don't expect us to, to go through two transfer windows without signing anyone, but a lot of it depends on how we start the season. But yeah, that's definitely a good shout. I think I, I definitely think we can see that becoming a thing, especially this season, for sure. If, if we get a naming rights deal done in time, that could, you know, you never know. That could make a difference, and we could go on a bit of a splurge in January, which we've never done before. Mm. Do you know what I love about you, John? You said, "I don't think that will happen again with Spurs." About two transfer windows going. I mean, should you not know by now with Spurs? Don't ever <laughs> expect the unexpected. Surely, God, not with this club. That's why we love them, isn't it? That's why we keep coming back for more. They keep yeah, kicking us down. We're always back for more of her. Can't help ourselves. Um, a few more questions. Let's go round to you, Ian. Hotspur Sam asked the question, has the euphoria of the new stadium been dissipated and turned into a torpor by, I would presume, the transfer window? That's from Hotspur Sam. What do you think? I think that, you know, I'd like to think that we've had a bit of, you know, we've had a cathartic view of the transfer window. Um, For me, let's put that to bed. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what my... 950 quid gets me so you know let, let, let's 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 go in there with 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 a with a bit of positivity and and you know let, let's hope i've got enough to buy myself a pint of craft beer and and maybe you know a, a decent vegan cheese but who knows i think we're going contactless now ian for that new stadium you ready for that well i'm, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to speak to to, to mrs g about that because um, <laughs> i only get me allowance at the, at the start of the week so you know, it might be one of those ones where I have to drop the allowance and and just go card on my card. So that'd be fun, wouldn't it? I just say on the stadium. Of course you can, please. I cannot. I, I do not care one jot that there is a cheese room in that stadium. The amount of focus on a cheese room when we've gone from thirty six thousand supporters <laughs> to sixty two thousand supporters, and if the price of getting an extra twenty six thousand supporters of our own, screaming our heads off, cheering that team on, is a cheese room, then so be it. I'd have built five cheese rooms in that case and had an extra 60,000 on the gate. Can we please get away from a cheese room? We have a solid wall or a, or a whole end or a cop end or whatever you want to call it with, what is it, 18,000 supporters on it and all people are focused on is a poxy cheese room. It's ridiculous. How has that even sake, been... Look um... at the other benefits. You know, how, Jace, has that even been put into the plans in terms of where has that come from? Has that come from fan surveys? Has that come from recommendations from clubs overseas? Where has that come from, Jace? It's never say I would ever think that would be in the top ten of a list to have in a stadium. No, maybe not, Rick. But, um, you know, I'm not in the least bit bothered that it is. You know, the yeah, yeah. entertainment or corporate facilities these days, you know, it's got a cheese room. Big deal. Get over it. You know, and like I say, there's 26,000 extra supporters in that stadium and a cheese room. 
and I know which is the you know the two that I, that I'm most excited for. Forget the talk about a cheese room, for God's sake. I thought you talked about the cheese, and James, you said the two that you're most excited for. I thought you meant Edam, or if you're going to go well, for a bit I'll, of mature. I tell you, I'm quite happy to have a lump of Stilton from it <laughs> in, in time, but most of us will never go in it. So what's the problem with it? Oh, Unbelievable. Dear. Can you believe this, John? We've waited 26. Oh, we've waited how long for a cheese room, and Jace ain't going to step very in it. Very good. Dear, oh dear. What a night. Well, tell you what, should we round it on to Newcastle? It's been a fun, fun show, I've got to say. I say fun. It's been more fun than the window, that's for sure. Um, John, let me start with you. Spurs are going to be about six first-team players going into that Newcastle game, John. That also includes, as we understand, Victor Wanyama, Eric Lamella, Wan Foyf, Harry Winks, Josh Onama and Cameron Carter-Vickers, amongst those that won't be available. So what kind of team are you expecting, John, to go up to St James's Park? Well, for my money, that's only one of our strongest 11 there. I think we're only missing Wanyama, really, from what I would consider to be a the strongest 11. So, it all depends on, on those England and Belgian players. I think if if five or six of them can start, well, this, the team will, will definitely be strong enough to get a result at Newcastle. And it's, We just have to hope that, that you know, Kane and Delhi and uh, Vertonghen and players like that will be available, which obviously we don't know yet. It seems that all of them have taken a full part in training, so that's a good sign. But, yeah, I would like to think that you know, like I said, at least five of them players probably wouldn't be involved anyway. So hopefully that doesn't make a difference in the, the players that we do need to play are fit and raring to go. OK. Ian, coming around to you because you are going up to the tune. Some people will be listening to this show on the way up, hopefully. Ian, come on, give us some give us some predictions. Give us some real, I don't know, give me some positivity going into this one. I agree with John. I think we've got enough to, 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 to beat him up there. You know, and I'll go for... I'll go for 2-1 Spurs. Um, yeah, and, and, and I'm going to make a real positive prediction. The first of the evening, right? Kane to score in August. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Monkey that's, that's my, off the back. My, there it is. There it is. There it is. That, that, that's my prediction. 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs. to score in August. Okay. And I'll be there. Oh, Jay's coming around to you. You've heard it here first from me and Kade to score in August. It's the f- official last monkey off the back. Last thing on the checklist he's got to do. Jace, what's your thoughts going into this one? Big, big game. We're watching it together, aren't we? God help us. Well, I don't think we're anywhere near prepared as we'd, we'd want to be for it. Um, I don't think we'll all play particularly well. I think it'll be a really bitty, a bit like last year's game, which, let's be fair, was a, a bitty nothing game until Shelby had his moment of madness and we... We took advantage, but you know I, I expect a similar type of game to that tomorrow. They're not, they're not exactly going in great shapes either. And um, I'll, I'll go for a one-one draw. Really? Yeah. You don't believe us on a high, Jace. What's going on? I'm, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you some honesty, not 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 tub thumping <laughs> bloody nonsense. I'm trying to give you a bit of honesty. I, I fancy one-one. That's all. Okay, fair enough. Jace, I've got to ask you, as you know, we're watching it together tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to the show. If Toby Adeverald, last minute of the game, from a corner, bullets in the header, and Spurs, and Spurs lost, win, and Spurs, <laughs> and Spurs win, are you going to go mental? Be honest. There you go. No response from Jason. He's absolutely bottled it. I promise you guys, I'm going to be with him. Scores, mate. Say again? I'd love it if he, I'd love it if he scores. There you said, go. You know, I've said he's a quality player, but if we're not going to use him, what's the point? You know, again, that, that's that's down to 
that's down to the boss man, isn't it? If, if, you know, now he's there. He's a fantastic defender. I've never denied that he's, he's a fantastic defender. I'd like to see the situation resolved. I'd love him to sign a, a five-year contract. But, you know, I've, my point has always been, if Pochettino doesn't pick him, what is the point of keeping him? In which case, cash in. And I, my view was that at the start of the window, and it's still that case now. Okay. That's absolutely fine, not a problem at all. John, any final thoughts before we wrap up at all? It's been a, a really emotional pod. I think we've said all we need to say on the window. We've tried to end it on a high with Newcastle. What's your prediction, John, as well, going into this one? Um, well, Rondon's bound to score. Oh, so, John, what's going so, on with us tonight? We're going to be leaving us on a yeah, high. Yeah, but we'll score three. Okay, all right, that's better. So, I'm, I'm going 3 1 to Tottenham. I'm, I'm going, I'm agreeing with Ian. Harry's going to get, he's finally going to get one in August. And all I, I just want to say one thing to Jay about, um, Toby is the fact that he's not kicked off, he's not caused a fuss. Mm-hmm. He seems to have just got his head down and got on with it. And I, whether Spot he stays or wherever he goes, I pre- I do appreciate that because we've had players in the past who've been arseholes about it. And because he hasn't, I, I, I still got an awful lot of love for him. I must say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had we've had none of this me no like chicken badge, have we? So you know, <laughs> this is just fucking good. Oh dear, <laughs> never expected that from Ian. Think, Fantastic. You know. Well, that's the advantage of the window shutting, of course. And it is, you know, usually we've had that problem with players not getting their head around it because you've had the first two or three games before the transfer window shut. Whereas this time, that, that that's gone, hasn't it? So that has been that that's been the flip side and the advantage of having the window shutting before the season. Okay, fair enough. Jace, I've got to stick with you for a second. A few words. We are interviewing the king today, Ledley. Are you excited for it? It's great to meet royalty, isn't it? So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough I've met him a few times and, and every time I meet him, I'm, I'm thrilled to do so and I'm looking forward to doing so again, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. I'm hoping when we see Ledley, it's off the back of a Tottenham win against Newcastle because I've got to be honest with you, it's going to be very hard to have that interview if Spurs haven't come away for, with all the three points. As a legend as he is, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Can I just say, John, I can't thank you enough for coming back on tonight. I've loved having you back on and I promise you, you'll be... As always on throughout the season. No, it's been good, mate. I've enjoyed it. I'm uh, looking forward to another roller coaster of a season with Last Word on Spurs and following Tottenham Hotspur and also coming up to our uh, one-year anniversary. It's an exciting time. It is indeed, yes. Funny you mention that, John. We're not far away from the one-year anniversary, which, John, you've been a part of from the start of this show. We've absolutely adored having you on and we love it every time you do come on the show. And Ian, same for you. You've been a regular from the start on the last one on Spurs. As always, a massive thank you to my co-host, Jason McGovern. Guys, we are going to be back after the Newcastle game. Fingers crossed, talking about a massive three points and looking ahead to Fulham back at Wembley. Enjoy the show and as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.